Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The NBA playoffs mean next-level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the play-in tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same game parlays, combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each day of the play-in, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DraftKingsBBN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the play-in tournament and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code DraftKingsBBN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And welcome to a playoff preview edition of Dishes and Dimes, brought to you by Basketball News. My name is Iman, and let me tell you what we have in store for you this week. We will be talking to experts covering each playoff team to give you the ultimate playoff preview. If you're interested in learning more about Jazz versus Mavs, we've got that for you. Sixers versus Raptors, of course we got you covered. We're doing it for all eight playoff teams in both conferences. Don't forget to check us out, like, rate, and subscribe. Thanks. Continuing the playoff series that we have, and I'm joined by Nat herself, Nat Fluential. Nat, how are you? Hi, Iman. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Can I get you to plug your stuff and you let everybody know? I, I brought SJ in yesterday to talk about the Dallas Mavericks, so we're going to get that out very shortly. I'd yeah. like to, to give you the floor here. Oh, thanks. Yep. So I'm Nat. I host the All Nat podcast, which is an NBA podcast, but it is a, a slight Warriors focus. I only say slight because I always bring on someone from the opposing team based on who the Warriors are going to be playing. Like I had you on, I had SJ on. And so you guys know about your teams just as much as I know about the Warriors. So you get a good amount of NBA coverage throughout the season as we go. I also host Golden Spaces, which is a weekly space every week discussing just the status of the Warriors and where they're at. 
and recently launched Hoopstresses um, along with several other dope women from NBA Twitter, which includes you and Sandy. Um, and we're covering the NBA and WNBA. And we do weekly spaces covering the league. And so we're going to be heavy focusing on the playoffs as they approach. And yeah, I'm excited. A lot of different ventures going on for me. <laughs> that's all great. That's all great. And so many more, I'm sure. I mean, all of that stuff is, is amazing. Guys, check out Hoopstresses. Check out Nat's pod. Um, and and let's get let's get started. Let's get started talking about this Warriors team, which is really fascinating. So I was I was talking to Swipe Cam uh, about the Denver Nuggets, and I mentioned that probably the only team that has their their big three has played less than the Warriors is the Nuggets. And the Nuggets have played zero minutes with their big three, but Jamal Murray may return. Uh, Tim Connolly, the the president of the uh, Denver Nuggets, did mention that now someone who we've also been getting some information on on whether or not they'd return is Stephen Curry. Can I get what's happening with Steph? Is he going to return? What's his bone bruise situation? What's going on? Yeah. Did you have swipe a cam on too? Or were you just I did. Talking? Yeah, no, I just had him on uh, this morning. That's funny. We're recording me and him uh, tomorrow. So <laughs> to do a full Denver Warriors preview. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, so I, it's funny because I was just checking out um, the All 82 podcast by Marcus Thompson, who is the best Warriors reporter to follow from The Athletic. If you want to know about the dubs, know about Stephen Curry. And so I didn't get to finish listening to the whole thing, but Anthony Slater was saying he thinks it's likely stuff is going to be there Saturday. Now they haven't gotten anything from the team either. They're, they're being like very hush hush about it, but um, just the, he's going to scrimmage Thursday, but just the fact that they're talking about him scrimmaging would suggest that his body is like up to it. So I think it's really going to just be about like how he reacts to the scrimmage. Right. Um, the only thing that concerned me a little bit was that they kind of slipped in this whole bone bruise, which wasn't something that had been reported before. So I was like, it's just this strain. That's a four to it's a two to four week injury. So I was like totally comfortable. He's coming back, but bone bruises, uh, like they always make me a little nervous, which is more about like pain tolerance than anything else. So I mean, I think he'll probably be recovered from it, but he might have some lingering pain. So we'll see. But I, I think I think you're gonna have him at the worst. I'm gonna say by game three, and I would say like if it's not going good, you're probably gonna have him sooner. Um, and a hobbled staff, honestly, in this series, they can get by if you just have a hobbled staff on the court. He's just gonna still open up so much for everybody. You'll still be okay. We'll still be okay. I'm gonna be interested to hear what that pod is with Slice again, because uh, but no, that's great. <laughs> so uh bone bruises are always like a funny, like anytime I hear any of these like medical terms, because I'm like, how does your bone get a bruise? I'm like, <laughs> what I understand from bruising, how does this work? But anyways, I I know nothing. Uh let's move forward. Um, so so when you and I did your pod uh like a few months ago. We were talking about a lot of the young guys on the Raptors and their emergence. And we also talked about the Warriors' inability to grow those guys in years past, which has changed this season. Now, there's a lot of focus on Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry, the big three that have only played 11 minutes this year. <laughs> so a lot of the Warriors' success, considering they're the three seed and their big three has only played 11 minutes, are some of those younger guys. What have you seen from them? How have they grown? Let us Let us know. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of young guys, I'm going to still include Jordan Poole in that. So he's oh, I'm the, including him in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he's the biggest one, right? Um, 
the leap that Jordan has taken this year is insane. I mean, he's in MIP conversations, though I don't think he's going to win. But he's in most improved conversations. I think he has like legitimately made the case to be not only a starter on this team, but like a true NBA two guard starter across the league. And so we'll have to deal with that in the offseason and what that means, because I know they're going to want to lock him up Um, and they'll have to they'll have to deal with it in the immediate future in terms of if he's going to start like for the postseason. And that might be matchup dependent. He's certainly going to play starter minutes, though, regardless. Um, So expect to see him a lot on the court with the starters. So what he brings, though, to this team really is a second true shot creator, which Golden State outside of the KD years has never had. Like like to have another dynamic player like him on the team is so important because as much as we love Clay, and even though Clay is one of the best shooters ever, he is not a shot creator. We do not want Clay putting the ball on the floor. Don't want him dribbling a lot. Catch and shoot. That's that's Clay's game. Maybe some post-ups here and there, but I mean, that's just not... Clay is a great cutter. He's a play finisher, right? That's what that's what Clay is. But um, yeah, Jordan is really important. And the lineup we have with Jordan, uh, Steph, and Clay on the court has been that's I think our new death lineup. So we need a name for it. Like some of us are calling it, pick your poison. Um, and that three guard lineup hasn't had really to, the chance to play with Dre on the court this year. But when you have those three plus Dre, and then whoever that fifth guy is going to be, that could be Wiggins, that could be Otto Porter, that could be um, you know whoever it might be Loon. I don't know. There's a lot of ways to switch it up. But with those three guards and then plus Dre, that's a really really hard lineup to to defend. So um, Wigan, I mean, Poole has been the absolute bright, bright, bright spot. And then second is Jonathan Kaminga. We said with the rookies, and I'm still counting Wiseman as a rookie, but we said with the rookies, we just need one of those young guys to hit for this year to have success. And Jonathan Kaminga did it. And I think that's great because he wasn't the one we were expecting. Most people thought it was Moody. They thought he was the most NBA ready. Kaminga was still too raw. And in this particular matchup, um. Uh, Kaminga has been a factor. In in March 10th, we lost that game, but that's when the baby dubs played. So it was a scheduled loss. None of our guys went. Kaminga had 18 points, seven to 12 shooting. Like the damage he can do to like Denver's bench, like there's no one out there who can handle him. He can get to the rim at will. And even though um, he's not a great free throw shooter, he can get to the line. Like he's basically called almost every time. Like Denver's bench is not going to know what to do with him. So Kaminga is huge for us. And I think in particular in this series, he's one of our X factors. Yeah, no, I I, I was going to get to that as well. See, the Warriors, when, I, when I've kind of been prepping for all of these, I've been going through their offensive ratings and defensive ratings, not ratings for all teams, what their my particular lineups look like. And I feel like the Warriors, I just couldn't really do that because I'm like, when am I getting the three best players out of here, right? Because whatever the Warriors look like in the playoffs, it's not going to be what they look like in the regular season, despite them looking very good in the regular season. So most of that stuff is just a wash, and we just get to see potentially the best team in the playoffs. Do you think so? Potentially the second best team, third best team? Where do you where do you have them ranked here? This is like an off the script question. <laughs> Well, you know where I have the ranks, but <laughs> I mean, I think the Warriors are the best team. And I don't, I, to me, I don't see how people are questioning it. I get it. I get it. Like, I do see it. I shouldn't say I don't see how people are questioning it. If you're going by logic, you're seeing like what the Suns did and the Warriors, like Steph had like a 
the worst shooting slump of his career this year, right? You had like ups and downs throughout the seasons. We'd have like nine straight wins and then like these crazy like losses. And so if you weren't like really watching the team and know what to think and you're just looking at that as an outside observer, you're like, yeah, I don't know. They're kind of shaky this year. But um, I think what's what people should be paying to is the fact that we're still third this year, both in the conference and the league. And Clay and Dre missed the combined 80 plus games. Steph missed the last 12 games of the season, and yet they're still the third team. And I think we finished with like the number one defensive rating or two, like I think number two, right? So, I mean, (laughs) and when, when we were playing and healthy and Dre was there, we had the best defense in the league. And that wasn't like the way and this is not like I'm not taking a shot. At, oh, like, I lied. Uh, the Warriors, the Warriors do, I believe, still have the best defensive finish one. Right. Yeah. And the reason why that is, is because of what we were at the beginning oh, of the sorry. season. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Because of what you were at the beginning of the season. This is this is just taking a long time to load. OK, uh, we're, we're going to get there. I'll let you continue. <laughs> no problem. It's, it's But the reason why we still finish at the top is two. because two. Our defense was so elite at the beginning of the year. It was like historical levels of elite, right? It was like we were holding teams to under 100. Like, And part of that, too, had to do with the rule changes because the way that they were allowing teams to be more physical, right? And so they went away from that as the season went on. But we know in the postseason, they tend to go back to that and let things go. That bodes well for a team like the Warriors. So yeah, the Warriors, um, just to put this in here, uh, as, as of December 1st, up to December 1st, I should say, had a 99.8% defensive rating, yes. which is absolutely insane. Insane. And so I'm just like, I know people were raving about the Celtics and believe me, the Celtics have an elite defense, but I'm like, we were still like, better than that, you know? And so it's going to be, I just, I don't see. And then we didn't have clay. We didn't have pool playing the way he is now at the beginning of the year. And like, we still had like a good offensive rating, which was crazy because we didn't have like the best offensive players, you know, at the time. So I think people should be really worried about the warriors. And I know everything is dependent on Steph's health, but yeah, I think like if Steph is there and we're healthy and right now he really is the only health factor. Yeah. I think we're the best team. All right. All right. Uh, so what, what will it take? What will it take for, or how, how do, let me start with the warrior side of this. How do the warriors beat the nuggets in the first round? And does it change much if Jamal Murray is available? Well, of course, right? Because I mean, and uh, look, that would depend on like what Murray looks like coming back, right? And so I think that if you look at most players coming off of ACL, look at the way Clay was, like there's inconsistency. So like just having Jamal on the court is obviously going to help them a lot. But I don't think we should be expecting Jamal, who was like in the... Um, 2020 playoffs. Was that what it was? Like in the bubble? I don't think we should be expecting bubble Jamal. And I I think that they do need that, right? If they're going to have a chance against the Warriors and they won't have it. So I just, I don't see a path to their victory unless one, like Steph is so hobbled. And even then, like I said, I still think you have like, I think if you have an 80% Steph, you still, maybe the series, because I think this is like a five game series, but maybe it's six games or seven games if you have like a hobbled Steph. Like if the Denver supporting cast can do something similar to what Luca's supporting cast did last year in that series versus 
you know, because everyone just goes off about Luke versus um, the the Clippers because everyone kind of goes off about Luca. But part of the reason they were able to stay in those games is because his supporting cast, they played above their level, many of them, or to their level. They were shooting like threes like they were Clay Thompson. And, you know, they were just playing really well. And so they would have to get, I think, boogie cousins of old for maybe like over the course of the series. I think you have to have like maybe like at least one night of like a a, a Jeff Green performance, right? You need um, Bones Highland to be consistent throughout the series. And you need Forbes to have like a hot shooting night or like an Aaron Gordon. They just need so much from their supporting cast because they Denver won the regular season series against us 3-1, right? But you take out one of those games because it was a scheduled loss. That was versus the baby dubs. Even in that game, they barely won that game. The final score doesn't really reflect it because there were like some free throws at the end. Mm -hmm. But they won that game by six points, seven points. It was 131 to 124. Joker had to give you 32, 13, and 15 in that game for them to win. And that game did not include Steph, didn't include Clay, didn't include Dre, and didn't include Andrew Wiggins, okay? Every other game with Denver this year... 86-89, that was the first game. That game had no Dre, Clay, or Pool in it, and it was in the middle of Steph's slump. Um, February 16th, 116-117, they won on a Morris buzzer beater, okay? And what's important about that buzzer beater, it was a missed, it was missed coverage by Steph, right? Because he was trying, he was overhelping in the post on Jokic, and Jokic passed it out to Morris. He said he didn't even know who was out there. He just passed the ball out to him. And then Steph was late to recover. That's not going to happen if Dre's on the on the floor. You're not right. going to have the overhelping. You're not going to have those missed coverages. That was a one-point win, right? Their other game that they beat us, it was one. No, the other game we won. We won 113 to 102. So, like, I look at all these games, and I'm sure Swiper is going to have, like, a completely different, uh, you know, take on it. But, like, they're just going to be undermanned. You know, they're just, they're going to be undermanned and like, they're not going to be, we have so many threats. Even if you say, okay, we're going to like limit Steph, you still now have Clay back and like his shooting. You have, you have another creator now with, with, with Jordan. He can also put pressure on the rim. What are they going to do with, with Jonathan Kaminga? They have no answers for him. Like there's just so much, like I don't see. And then the defense, the defense is going to be stifling and Loon on his own. Loon on his own has actually done a great job on Jokic, right? In the last game we played, that was the one that we won. Now, Jokic is hyper-efficient, so this is not going to sound really bad. He shot nine for 21, but for Jokic, that is inefficient, and he only gave you 23 points, right? And in one of the other games earlier in the season, December 28th, when we held them to second to 27 second half points. Jokic, eight of 19, only 22 points. Those are all games without Dre. So Loon on his own is doing a decent job on Jokic. So now when you add Dre out there, he's going to see some different coverages. I just don't see it. I don't. Okay. I love it. I love it. So so can I get you uh, to, well, first, give me your X factor in this series. You already mentioned it, but I just like you to expand on it a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I think it's more than one, but I think for this series, it probably really is Kaminga, right? Like if you get Otto Porter, like he's so great for us. He's like one of our best rebounders. I think in April, he had like a couple of games where 12 rebounds, 13 rebounds, right? His shot has been off a little bit. I'm not that concerned about him because he's a true like shooter. So like if you have Otto shooting well again, plus like... 
you know, he can be like a big factor. And I think the other biggest factor, it's more of like a trio, but it was getting that right balance between Clay, Wiggins, and Poole. Their their roles were all impacted by Clay coming back and it was affecting them. They seem to have gotten it down now. And that's like the the, the league, that's no one wants to see that. I mean, we <laughs> want to see it, but no one wants to see that. Clay's looking like Clay. He's not doing the Kobe rendition anymore. He's looking like Clay. Poole is playing incredible. And I know there's a lot of talk about Andrew Wiggins. Um, he doesn't need to be the all-star version. He, he was looking like that because we needed him to take on a bigger role. We don't need him to do that anymore. So we just need him to be efficient in his limited role. And he has been. He's back to like 15, 17 points. You know, um, he's also another one of our play finishers. Andrew's good cutting to the rim. If you leave him wide open on that three and teams are going to do that, he's been making you pay. He's been close to a 40% three-point shooter this year. So I just, I, you know, but Kaminga is probably the biggest X factor because I think he can really do damage to their, to their, to their bench unit. I do. All right. And then let's close this off with, can I get a prediction from you for how (laughs) this series is going to go? So if Steph is ready game one and available, I think it's a five game series. I do. I think we win both games at home. The Warriors have been great at home this year, though. Denver is one of the teams that have beaten us at home, but um, we've been great at home this year. And the games that we've lost have been like overtime um, buzzer beaters. Like they're all there. There really haven't been blowouts like that. So I think we get the two games at home we steal one in Denver and then you come back home and you finish it out. So that's, that's, that's my prediction. If Steph is not ready to go for game one, for any reason, I think you're maybe looking at like a six, seven game series. All right. And, and just to your point, the, the Warriors have the best home record at 31 and 10, actually no second best to to the Suns there, but they do have uh, just, I think it's the second highest net rating. Second highest net rating right after the Jazz at home. So there you go. They are a great, great home team uh, and they have home court advantage in this series. It'll be interesting once we get to see how that, how the Grizzlies fare and and what that can look like. I like the Warriors (laughs) path there. So we're going to have a fun fun path to the finals. Uh, We'll definitely bring you on back to talk Ah. more playoff basketball if the Warriors season continues. But thank you so much, Nat. I would love that. Thank you. For selfish reasons, this is the path I wanted. A lot of Warriors fans wanted the Jazz because they just felt like that would be the easier matchup. But I wanted this. I wanted this path because... I'm a big believer that my guy Wardell is still constantly disrespected and not respected enough. So I'm just like, if they make the finals and win, you beat the MVP. um, Then you face the Grizzlies, who people keep saying are like, they're the second best team in the West right now, at least based on record. People claim the Grizzlies own us, even though Steph averages 40 against them. So you beat the Grizzlies. Then you beat the Suns, who 60-plus wins. And then you go in and face, I don't know, maybe um, Giannis. I love that. Like, that is, if you win, that's, that's, you can't say anything about that postseason (laughs) run. So I just like the story and the narrative behind it selfishly as well. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be a little bit of payback from the playing game last year. It'd be interesting to see this young up and coming uh, Grizzlies team go up against a Warriors team that is a little bit more established considering who their big three is. And I was talking to um, the Cam, like I said earlier, and I was like, this is a rematch of what happened like a decade, 12 years ago, something like that with <laughs> the, when the Warriors were just yeah. starting out. 
Yeah. Um, and and they were the, the Nuggets were still it was their first year really together. It was right after the Mellow trade, but they were still the older team. They were the yeah. three seed. The Warriors were the six seed there. And maybe maybe there's a little bit of, of a reversal <laughs> there. Maybe it doesn't happen in the first round. Maybe it's the Grizzlies that can give it to the Warriors. I, I don't know. You. I think I think the Warriors probably uh, make it to the conference finals at the very least, and I would love to see that Suns versus Warriors matchup. And if also the Warriors guys are healthy, it's gonna be really hard to pick against them. Thank I'm with you. you. It'll I, be hard to pick against them if they're all healthy. <laughs> I do. I do. Just wonder though. I had. Damn it! I just had a question really quickly. I wanted to ask yeah. you when you were, but it, it slipped my mind. It's like you were talking about the oh the Grizzlies. What what do you feel about that? Um, Wolves series like do you I think that's gonna go like seven games I do that's the series I wanted and I'm not convinced it's a series I wanted as well just because I like to see two young teams kind of go up against each other Uh, because I I know that it like it feels a little cliche and like you know people don't like the narrative-based story but like I do think that you need to take your lumps and bruises in the playoffs. I don't think that you can just be a shining star in the playoffs and then just like magically overtake veteran teams. And so to see two young teams go against each other, I like that because I do think when the Grizzlies go up against a veteran team like the Warriors or if they, even if the Clippers, I feel like that would have given them more of a run for their money. And I maybe would have taken a team that has been there and lost and done that before over this young team that just hasn't had the chance to do it yet. So, so um, the Grizzlies in that series. So in, in the Grizzlies versus Timberwolves, I'm going to give the edge to the Grizzlies. I think that they I, I can see it go long just because I just don't think either team is really prepared for the playoffs. Um, but I'm going to give the edge to the Grizzlies. But then if okay. the Grizzlies face the Nuggets or the Warriors in the second round, I'm going to give it to the Warriors or the Nuggets or whoever else they face. And that's no disrespect to the Grizzlies. I just feel like you, you get a few lumps and bruises before you make the conference finals. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm excited about that series, though. You, you're, okay. thinking, you're picking the Timberwolves. No, I'm picking the Grizzlies, but I think the Timberwolves can win. Like, I, it's not like a... It's not like a strong pick. It's like, I, yeah, I think the Grizzlies are a great regular season team and they couldn't surprise me in the playoffs in the same way they surprised me in the regular season. I'm just not ready to anoint them the second best team in the Western Conference or the second right. best team in the league. I think that there's a ways to go before you get to that spot. I need to see you do it in the playoffs first. Um, but but like I've seen young teams get to that point and then the playoffs come around and the script just changes on them. And I feel like maybe next year we could be talking about the Grizzlies. Let, let, right. let them have their first play- playoffs before we start to anoint them as anything. Yeah, we're on the same page there. It's just like during the regular season, these teams met up and there's they started to build like a little rivalry. And so like Ant is really hyped for the series. Like he wants to like go at Ja. And so I just think, I think it's going to be entertaining, be but fun. I think it's going to be really competitive. And I think the athleticism and size that the Wolves have can actually, it's better than like they can match um, the, Grizzlies. the Grizzlies. So I, I I do. I do think I do. I think it's going to be a long series. And like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Wolves won, but I'm going to pick many. I'm, I'm going to pick the Grizzlies to come out of that series. All right. Well, All right. thank you so much for joining us. Thank you and for thank having everybody me. for listening. And thank you for joining us two times, I should say. <laughs> um, thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> no problem. Take care. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Dishes and Dimes. We are continuing our playoff preview, and today we'll be talking about the three versus six matchup in the Western Conference. 
And right now I have my Denver Nuggets specialist here with me, Soipa Cam on Twitter. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? Great. Can I get you to plug your stuff? Because I know you do a lot. YouTube spaces. I see you everywhere. Can I get you to plug your stuff for the people here? Yeah. So uh, I'm on Twitter, Swipe a Cam. On YouTube, it's Swipe a Cam as well. So yeah, I've been on those two platforms since uh, December 2020. So we just growing the community. We just keeping it going. You know, nothing crazy. I like it. I like it. Um, and before we get into the playoff preview, I do have to take a step back and actually talk about the regular season because we have the regular season MVP potentially in Nikola Jokic, a back-to-back MVP. Can I get you to state the case? Why should Nikola Jokic be the back-to-back MVP? Yeah, I mean, I've talked about this a lot on a lot of platforms. Uh, I think just first and foremost, uh, his impact on the game, uh, the counting stats, the raw data, the per-game stats, um, just unprecedented. We've never seen it before. Um, and again, it's not even the, the teammates he didn't have or, or the fact that the teammates weren't good. It's just um, getting a starting lineup of Montan Moore's, Jeff Green, Will Barton, Aaron Gordon, with Rookie Bones Highland and Jermichael Green and all them to 48 wins this season, uh, 46 when he's been in the lineup. It's just been incredible. But offensively, I just think people that haven't watched him haven't realized how transcendent he's been. He's also been a very good defender this year. I mean, he's had his best defensive season all time that he's had in his career so far. Again, just raw data alone, 27.1, 13 7.9, 58% true shooting, or 58% shooting, and then 66.1% true shooting. He's the facilitator. He leads the team in points, rebounds, assists, blocks, steals, and field goal percentage. He's the first to do it in over 50 years. He's top four in the NBA in total points, total rebound, total assists, and field goal percentage. And he's also top 10 in steals for in steals this season as well. So no one has that profile. Uh, no one has the efficiency. No one's been able to do it on both ends like he has. Again, offensively, I think he's clear been the best offensive player in the NBA this year as well. He's maybe the best playmaker in the NBA outside of Luka Doncic. So there's just not a lot of holes you can pick in this game. And so at this point in time, I think he has the best clear and cut case to be the MVP this season. All right, I'm sold. I'm, I, go, I, I can talk to anybody and I'm like, all right, I'm sold. Um, and and because all three of them have had just such fantastic seasons, but Nikola Jokic uh, especially. Um, and there's talks about like the defensive end. I mean, all of the metrics and the advanced metrics and whatever they show. I saw him have a game winning block against OG Ananobi and I'm going to do that. <laughs> but uh, something that I did want to I, I did want to talk to you about because I, I was just sort of doing research and I saw that uh, the Denver Nuggets president um, uh, Conley there said, uh, Tim Conley. Conley, yeah, said that Jamal Murray, our Canadian son, may be available to play. I have his entire quote here. I don't know if you saw this, but I, I just saw it uh, a couple of hours ago. It came out. He said, I wouldn't be surprised at all when Jamal feels like he's ready. He's going to sprint out there. He's in the red zone of return to play. It's totally up to him. Once we give him certain assurances that he looks good physically, we've told him throughout the process. You pass these lines and now you get to decide. So apparently it is up to Jamal Murray to decide if he will be available for the three, six matchup there. What do you think? Yeah. So it's completely up to him, but he's been in this place for probably the last few weeks. Uh, Jamal has been past the physical threshold for a while now, but as some of you might be familiar with when you've gone through a major injury, especially with a tendon in your knee and you live in a sport that requires you to be able to utilize your legs to the degree they do. It takes a lot mentally to be able to trust your body to land, to plant, 
to cut, the horizontal movement, the vertical movement, and even receiving contact and not having full control of your person when you're staggering or when you're trying to recover. So that's where he is. He has been healthy from a physical standpoint, but now he's just in the mental point of, am I good enough? Do I trust my body enough to be able to come back in a, in a playoff series where I got to give full 100% effort on every single play and will my body respond how I want it to. So that's why the different nuggets, that's why his teammates, that's why the front office, everyone's been on the same page. If he wants to come back, he can come back. If he wants to play, he can play. But everything is up to Jamal. There's no pressure, not even from the fan base, to want him to come back because we want him to be fully healthy. That way he's locked and loaded with maybe the best player in the NBA with Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon next season so he can do what he needs to do. But if he comes back, great. But if he doesn't, you know, we all support his decision. Right, of course. Um, and this, so this series is is honestly really interesting to me for three reasons. One, I love the history. I like when there's history between two teams. And you know, back when Masai Ujiri was with the Denver Nuggets, the Nuggets were uh, had that series with the Golden State Warriors, where we saw the emergence of Stephen Curry. We saw the emergence of the Warriors dynasty happen there. The second reason is um, the injuries. Like the the Warriors' top three players have only played. 11 minutes together, but then the Nuggets are the only team where their big three have played zero minutes together this entire mm-hmm. season. So it'd be really interesting to see that work out. And then the final reason, I think you touched on it there with Jokic uh, is just, you know, this, this off like a, a player that we've really never seen in the NBA and this offensive hub. I think him and Stephen Curry are two of the greatest offensive players uh, in basketball today and just what they can do. So I'm really excited to see that. And I have to ask you, how can this Nuggets team beat this Warriors team in the playoffs we don't know if Stephen Curry will show up, but let's assume that he will. What do you think it'll take for the Nuggets to, to pull off this upset here? Yeah, so I think, again, if, if everything stays as it is, I think the Warriors will win in that, that series in six. Um, the reason is because the Nuggets would really have to outperform their level as role players, and they would have to be very consistent, and they would have to make shots, play defense, not turn the ball over. The Warriors are great at forcing turnovers and scoring off of turnovers, and so you would really need to play the optimal level. But the other side of this is if the Nuggets are able to lock in to who they are, they're able to maintain possession of the ball. They can play in the half court. They Again, Jokic is going to be Jokic. But if your others, your Bones Highlands, your Monte Morris, your Will Barton, DeMarcus Cousins, Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon, if they're able to play within themselves, play within the scheme of the offense and also play defense, meaning the Nuggets is – securing one possession. So they are the best defensive rebounding team in the NBA because they secure you to one possession. So if they don't give up a bunch of second chance opportunities to the Golden State Warriors, they play within themselves, they can beat the Warriors in six to seven games. But again, all of this all depends on what does the others do on the Nuggets outside of Nikola Jokic. Because Nikola Jokic, based on how he's played the last seven games of the year, he'd average like 37, 17, and seven on 63% shooting. So he's on an all-time tear right now. So if he maintains that level of play, I highly expect that he will do what he's supposed to do, that he will be maybe maybe the best player in the playoffs, could even the best player in the regular season, but it all just depends on how things shake out. Um, so he would really need the other players to come along. And if they do, they can win the series, but really you just never know what role players and how they're going to step up. That's, that's very true. Now, do you do you as a Nuggets fan hold any animosity towards that Warriors team for the way that they were able to blow up one of those feel good vibes Denver Nuggets teams of yesteryear with Andre Iguodala, who I guess now plays for the Golden State Warriors? Uh, do, do you guys hold any bad, bad vibes or is that just two completely different teams going at it right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that some fans might. But again, I'm, I'm a basketball fan, so, you know, it's good basketball 
basketball. Uh, I got the chance to see Steph Curry, Clay Thompson rise their first time, like the first time they ever did what they were supposed to do and became who they became. It was in that first round series. And I remember watching Andre Iguodala took, not Andre Iguodala, Andre Miller. Uh, he made the game winning shot in game one, that series. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, why is it, why is it taking so much to be the sixth seed? But then you got to see the shot making capabilities of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. And then it was just kind of like, all right, bet. Like, yeah, I mean, at the point in time, you have to remember, this was almost 10 years ago. So we hadn't seen the rise of shooting and three-point shooting. It even the shot variance. Like what used to be considered a bad shot is within the flow of the offense shot now. So when it first happened, it was just like, is this real? Like, is Steph Curry like a real person? Uh, but then now it's just like, yeah, I mean, he's the greatest shooter ever. Clay Thompson is the top three, five greatest shooter ever. So it is what it is. And so I have no ill will. You know, if anything, I'm just impressed that Steph Curry uh, and Clay and Draymond got to start the chance to do that versus the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, no, that I, I like that. I like that. Um, and and so now, I mean, you kind of touched on it. You, you've already mentioned it. But well, what do the Warriors need to do to exploit the Denver Nuggets and, and pull off this win? Um, maybe even without Steph for a game or two. Yeah, you know, Jordan Poole's been really good lately. You know, they're, uh, if he's able to do what he's been doing the last 25 games or so, uh, and also if they're able to anchor each other defensively, especially on the – the thing with the Warriors, though, is they have a lot of perimeter defenders. All this is really going to come down to Draymond at the help side defender and the Kayvon Looney if he's able to hold up at all uh, versus Nikola Jokic. And I do think that if I was them, I would imp implement the L.A. Clippers uh, game plan, which is basically in the, sec in the second half in that fourth quarter. Uh, I'm literally going to front Jokic and cover the backside every single time. And I'm going to make Monte or Will or Aaron Gordon, whoever else it is, you're going to have to beat me because Jokic is not getting the ball. And I'm going to make it incredibly difficult for him to get the ball anywhere near the block. And then if he does, uh, we're going to let him go one-on-one. -on -one. But the objective you want to do is to not let him touch the ball because if you double them, then the Nuggets are actually better on a point possession basis when you double than when he's not. So you get cooked on the pass or you get cooked on the on the scoring. Uh, because again, you know, he shot 78% of the rim on crazy volume this year. So, you know, and he also shot around 70, like 60, 60 plus percent in that restricted area between the three to 10. So you just don't want him getting the ball there. So my whole thing is I would just literally front him in the second half and I would just make these other players who haven't shown they can do it consistently beat you. And I don't think that the, the Nuggets can beat anybody that way. So who is the X factor? Who would be those other players that need to beat you? Is it is it Aaron Gordon that you're looking at, or is there someone else that is that is a true X factor in this series? Yeah, you know, when you have a generation great player, you just need one more person to come along. It's been Aaron, I think, in the last 14 games of the year. He's averaged 17, 4, and 3 on 44, 43% from three and 53% from the field. So if you get him to come alongside to be the secondary option, but I think it's a collective. Like I think if Monte is able to play well. And I think Aaron Gordon's able to play well and offensively they can come alongside. Cabones and Boogie and Brent Forbes and Austin, they're going to be able to do enough on the second unit to make up some of the difference. The issue is going to be Monte, Will, Gordon, are you going to do what you're supposed to do and then make these shots when you get open balls because you're going to get open passes. So now it's just about execution. If they do it, then again, they can win the series. But as you know very well, you, your role players are just going to be inconsistent on what they do in the series. So, I mean, honestly, the X factor is going to be, uh, it's going to be one of those free players coming alongside one, four times, four <laughs> times over the course of a series. Yeah, no, it, it just puts into um, view just how much they're missing their two stars. Like you just re are remembering, oh my gosh, they really are without MPJ. They really are without Jamal Murray here. This is, uh, could be a really scary team if all of them can get healthy soon. Um, and I have to ask you to close out, 
give us your prediction. I think you already said it there. Is that what you think? Is it Warriors in six right now? Uh, no, I'm actually going to say the Nuggets win the series. Um, I, I think it. a lot of this comes down to, I think that they will do what they're supposed to do. But, you know, I, I like I said, I'm, I'm not hedging because uh, I would be surprised. I would not be surprised if the Warriors won. But I do think that the Nuggets have a, they have a formula, but they complete that formula. They win the series. And so I do think they have a chance to win. All right. I love it. Well, uh, how many games? Woo. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna say I'll, I'll go. I'll go a little bold. I'll say they can they can win in six. There you go. See, picking seven is you're not picking if you pick in seven. You're not. Right. That's not a pick. You got to pick right. in six or less. Right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Tell everybody where they can find all of your work. Yeah, like I said, you can follow me on YouTube at Swipe a Cam. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and now TikTok at Swipe a Cam. So I'm there. Love to see y'all soon. All right. Thank you so much. The show appreciate you. Thank you to our guests, Swipe a Cam and Nat. And thank you to all the listeners for tuning in to our playoff preview edition.